An underground astronaut hunts for humanoid bones today on The World. I'm Carol Hills in for Marco Werman, a new addition to the human family. Its bones were discovered in a South African cave, a very small cave that required scientists with a very specific skill set. I might not be able to reach the things that are on the top shelf at the grocery store, but I sure can go in a cave and find some fossils for you. And later, a German takes in a family of Syrian refugees after thinking back to her own family's journey out of Rwanda. I remember my mom having to flee with small children, and I felt the same way seeing the two kids there. Plus, what it feels like to be caught in a massive Middle Eastern standstorm. If you're staying quite long outside, you start to taste it a bit in your mouth. Those stories ahead, here on The World. World is brought to you by Lumosity.com, brain training designed by neuroscientists that has been used by 60 million people worldwide with personalized training programs to challenge memory, attention, and problem solving. You can learn more at Lumosity.com and by LegalZoom, supporting small business owners across America for over 10 years with services including business formations and corporate filings, plus independent professionals providing contract review and tax advice. Legal help is at LegalZoom.com. I'm Carol Hills, in for Marco Werman, who's on assignment in India. And you're listening to The World. European leaders are under pressure to take in more refugees from the war in Syria, but so is President Obama. Today, his response, the White House announced the U.S. will be taking in 10,000 Syrian refugees over the next year. Still, it's a small fraction of the total number of migrants who are flooding Europe right now, asking for asylum. As we've been hearing, most want to settle in Germany, and many in Germany are welcoming them. That's where Anna Dushimi comes in. She's a Berlin resident, originally from Rwanda. She's also a reporter for BuzzFeed. A few weeks ago, Anna visited a Berlin registration point for refugees. She brought along armloads of diapers, cookies, and water. There she met an eight-year-old Syrian girl who was sobbing silently. The girl's father, Mohammed, was upset about how the police was treating his family. He was tear-gassed and his daughter as well. And he was very distraught and we started talking. Someone helped me with Arabic because I don't speak Arabic. And it just saddened me to see the family sitting there in the heat. They had been waiting uh, in front of that office for five days outside with almost no food and, and water. How old are his little girls? The girls are seven and eight. I begged them to come and stay with me for the weekend because I didn't want them to sleep outside. And I know Muhammad tells you a bit of his family's story and the violence they fled in Aleppo. What happened to them? Muhammad and Roka who's his wife, lived in Aleppo before the war started. Roka is originally from Kobani, and she witnessed her parents getting killed in front of her. Once the war started in Aleppo and the bombs started falling in the neighborhood, the little girl, the youngest, Rima, actually um, had, a, had a bit of an accident while they were trying to hide in the bathroom of the family's home. So they've been through quite a lot. So their story must have really struck home for you. You have a, a, your own very moving story because you're originally from Rwanda. How did it resonate for you? When my family, when we were in Rwanda during the genocide, and we also fled Kigali in Rwanda after my father had been killed and a lot of different members of our family and friends of my parents, uh, and we fled from Rwanda to Uganda, and on our way to Uganda, a man took us in in his house, and we showered for the first time in a long, long, long time, and we slept in proper beds, and we were very, very grateful for that. And so when I saw Mohammed. Roka, Rushin, and Rima, it really 
It really resonated because I remember my mom having to flee with small children. And I felt the same way seeing the two kids there in front of that office. And that was one of the many reasons that really um, got me to, to, you know, to ask them to come and stay with me and at least have that a little bit of that same experience that we had with the man who took us in on our way to Uganda. Which is also so similar to your own story. I mean, you and your mother and sisters eventually settled in Germany after the genocide. And all these years later, you're in this position to offer the same kind of, of generosity. But this current migration to Germany is just thousands and thousands of people. There's been enormous uh, goodwill from the Germans, but there's also been pushback. What do you make from your standpoint of the reception of the refugees? Almost every day we have a situation where refugee centers or soon-to-be refugee centers are attacked. That makes me very, very worried. And I also see, as again, as I said, we see a lot of normal people making an effort, but I really want to see the government and the, and the local institutions also...